It's March 25th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotmore. Our top story today, three U.S. officials have told Reuters that Russia is suffering a high failure rate of up to 60% for some of its precision-guided missiles. This failure rate is emblematic of the problems Russia has had in Ukraine, despite the fact that they have recently undergone a drive to modernize their military. Ukraine accused Moscow on Thursday of forcibly taking 402,000 people, including 84,000 children from shattered Ukrainian cities, to Russia, where some may be used as hostages to pressure Kyiv to give up. The Kremlin gave nearly identical numbers for those who have been relocated, but said they wanted to go to Russia. Ukraine's rebel-controlled eastern regions are predominantly Russian-speaking, and many people there have supported close ties to Moscow. Russia and Ukraine have swapped prisoners for the first time this week, exchanging 10 soldiers apiece, as well as 11 Russian civilian sailors for 19 Ukrainian civilian sailors, including the sailors from Snake Island, who famously yelled at Russian warships to go home. The United Nations General Assembly adopted a resolution Thursday which demanded aid access and civilian protection in Ukraine and criticized Russia for creating a dire humanitarian situation in the country. The non-binding resolution received 140 votes in favor and five votes against. Russia, Syria, North Korea, Eritrea, and Belarus, while 38 countries, including China, abstained. In a press conference following the NATO summit held this week, President Biden said that he thinks Russia should be kicked out of the G20, a group of the 20 largest economies in the world prior to an upcoming meeting in Indonesia. He continued that if others did not agree, that Ukraine should be invited to attend the meeting as well. Russia accused Poland on Thursday of trying to destroy bilateral relations by expelling 45 of its diplomats and said it would respond harshly. Poland, for its part, said on Wednesday that it was expelling the diplomats on suspicion of working for Russian intelligence. The Russian ambassador also accused Poland of blocking the embassy's bank accounts on the basis that they could be used for money laundering or terrorist finance. The Polish prime minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, said that he could only say in general terms that we have been dealing with the freezing of funds of the Russian Federation. NATO leaders agreed Thursday to extend the term of Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, the alliance's top civilian official opting for steady hands and continuity in leadership rather than searching for a successor while Russia wages war in Ukraine. U.S. President Joe Biden personally proposed that Stoltenberg stay on for another year during an emergency NATO leaders' summit on Thursday, said a Western official who was in the room. Stoltenberg was to become head of his country's central bank at the end of his term in September. The U.S. and its allies announced new sanctions on more than 400 Russian individuals and entities, including the Duma and 328 of its members. The U.K. announced sanctions against an additional 65 individuals and companies, including Sergei Lavrov's stepdaughter. Japan will freeze the assets of an additional 25 Russian individuals and prohibit exports to 81 Russian organizations, the foreign ministry said in a statement on Friday. And Switzerland has frozen around $6.17 billion worth of Russian assets covered by sanctions, and that amount is likely to rise, a government official said on Thursday. 
On Friday, President Joe Biden and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced a joint task force in an effort to wean Europe from its dependence on Russian oil and gas. The announcement included a pledge by the U.S. to work towards supplying Europe with at least 15 billion cubic meters of liquefied national gas in 2022, in partnership with other nations. The group will also work towards reducing greenhouse gas emissions by paring down methane emissions and using clean energy. Russia's attack on Ukraine will diminish growth prospects, but not the European Central Bank's efforts to fight inflation, according to a top central bank official. The comments from Governing Council member Mattis Muller, who spoke with Political this week, suggest rising odds that the ECB will issue its first interest rate hike later this year as it continues to unwind its pandemic policy. We should be careful not to create additional uncertainty in the markets by seeming to waver in our commitment to price stability due to the war in Ukraine, Mueller said. We are not hesitating in our commitment to price stability, which is our main objective. The economic fallout from the invasion is beginning to spill over into the rest of the world. Forecasts for global growth are being slashed, and the chances of a U.S. recession in 2023 has risen to 35%, according to Goldman Sachs. Sanctions and other supply chain disruptions have sent consumer prices surging across the world, as oil and other commodity prices have spiked. Soaring gas and diesel prices are also adding to the cost of food. Qatar will stand in solidarity with Europe and will not divert gas contracts to other customers, even if it means losing out on possible financial gains, Qatari Energy Minister Saad al-Kabi told CNN on Thursday. Still, the minister rejected imposing sanctions on Russia's energy sector, saying energy should stay out of politics, and reiterated that completely stopping Russian gas supply to Europe is not practically possible. The minister also said, that his nation is not choosing sides in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. The United States plans to accept up to 100,000 Ukrainians fleeing Russia's invasion and is pledging $1 billion in new humanitarian aid, the Biden administration said on Thursday. The announcement coincided with U.S. President Biden's meeting with European leaders in Brussels to coordinate the West response to the conflict. In my opinion, Announcing that we'll accept 100,000 refugees is far different than doing it. We have limited capacity in the pipeline of refugee processing and resettlement, which has stayed limited due to the frozen politics of immigration. And we're still trying to manage the refugee flow from Afghanistan. America is the most prosperous country in the world with ample land and resources. It is an utter moral failure that we're not doing more to host refugees both from Ukraine and from countries around the world. The chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, Karim Khan, has asked a coalition of countries to back his war crimes investigation in Ukraine, saying things can get worse if the international community fails to act now. If we do not collectively step up, things can get worse, and history will not judge us well, and victims around the world will not judge us well. Russian shelling near the Chernobyl nuclear power plant has prevented personnel from rotating to and from the plant, according to the International Atomic Energy Agency Director General Rafael Mariano Grossi. Ukraine's regulatory authority told the IAEA on Thursday that shelling was endangering the homes and families of those operational personnel that ensure the nuclear and radiation safety of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. 
That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune into Deep State Radio to hear a deep dive on sanctions. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.